Welcome to the MGU, the Michael Genomatic Universe podcast. I am one of your hosts. I'm Michael. And I'm Gina. So Gina. Michael. Hey, it's episode 20. Is it episode 20 or is it episode 20? I I always say, well, if I'm not thinking about it, I will say 20, T-W-E-N-N-Y. 20. But now that I'm kind of been alerted that I do that, I'm saying 20. Well, or sometimes it's T-W-U-N-T-Y, 20. 20. Or T-W-U-N-N-Y, 20. Right. Well, anyway, we are 20 episodes in. 20 episodes. That's a pretty impressive feat. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty happy about that. Mm-hmm. I we, we, we stuck to it. We set a goal and we are sticking to it. And we'll only have four more episodes after this. And then what? I don't know. We've had we answered that question before, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we didn't really answer mm-hmm. it because we don't know what we're yes. going to do. We have, we have some ideas, mm-hmm. but don't really know yes. what we're going to do. So anyway, today, yes, it's Ant Man and the Wasp. Yes, that's going to be quite a departure from what we just saw, probably. Right. I'm expecting it's just going to be well, like like the first Ant Man was just light and different and its own thing. Very lighthearted, funny. Paul Rudd. Seems like a weird time for this to be happening. I'm a little, yeah. you know, stressed out about the last movie. And, it's a stressful movie, right? Um, also, okay, well, if half the people disappeared. Right. Well, it depends on when this one takes place too, right? Is this taking place after? Is it taking place before? Is it during? We it's, don't really know. But this is what I'm saying. Yeah. It came out after the Infinity Wars. And so sure. logically, half the people should be gone. That could be. You might be right. But I bet they're not going to address it. We'll see. Okay. We will see. Okay. Okay. Now, what we know is that we did not see Ant-Man during Infinity Wars. We sure did not. Not at all. We Mm -hmm. saw him last in Captain America. Wait, no. Was it? Yeah. Captain America Civil War was the last time we saw him. I believe that. Fighting in the big battle, right? (laughs) Which was pretty funny. Yes. Oh, and he was also, he was on that that prison um, at the end of the movie. Remember, he was captured uh, at the very end of Civil War, where Captain America shows up, and there's Falcon and Scarlet Witch. It's mm. that, that floating island. He shows mm-hmm. up at the end. Yes. So that's the last time we saw him. So right now, what's he doing? We don't know. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe he was on vacation. Yeah, maybe. Or just jail. You know what I'm glad about? What's that? I don't have to try to determine what he's been doing. That's true. I get to just watch it. That's true. What a nice feeling, right? I'm still happy about that. It's such a good feeling. Yes. The other thing I wanted to address is that at the end of the last movie, you were basically saying, can we just watch Endgame at this point? Mm -hmm. Because you have to sit through two movies Mm -hmm. before we can get to it. Mm -hmm. Are you still feeling that way? Well, I've worked through it. You know, it was that initial... It's, it's like any movie when you go to the theater and you see part one and you know you're not going to get to see part two for a while. Right. But you, you still want to. Oh, I don't want to have to wait. It's I can't believe I have feeling. to wait. I was thinking even with Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back, I think those were two years between those movies. Right. Well, That's a long time to wait. Well, we used to tolerate, you know, as, as people, we used to tolerate waiting a lot better than we do now. Oh, now absolutely. we binge entire seasons or maybe entire shows with all the seasons in one day. Not to say, not we, that I would know anything about that. How long did it take us to actually do all six seasons of Shit's Creek? It wasn't very long. It was, a, it was, I, we probably don't even want to admit how quickly we did it. Yeah. Very short episodes. They are very short and we can't, we could never really stop once we started. It was very challenging to go to bed. I would say the only thing that kept us not 
like just going crazy and finishing everything in one night is the fact that you're not a night owl. That's true. Because if, if you were like me, it would have been pretty easy to talk me into. It would have been done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We ha- Well, we are on different schedules. It's true. Very different schedules. You well, can sleep in. You have a magical ability that I don't have to sleep in. <laughs> it's my superpower. <laughs> it's a great superpower. I, I want that one. I am a sleeper. Yeah, it's pretty great. So, mm-hmm. all right. So today, Ant-Man and the Wasp. And what we'll do then is we'll be talking about that in a little bit. For right now, we have... Oh, we should mention this. I'm going to mention this now because I always forget to. Charlie... Of you course. always say that you forget to, but then you never forget but to. But I forget. I, I want to do it up top. I okay. feel like that's a good time to do okay. it, but I, I feel like I do it at weird times. Huh. I should probably put it down on my piece of paper here that says, hey, don't forget to mention the Charlie Bark. Anyway, this is me not forgetting to mention the Charlie Bark. Good work. Thank you so much. Uh, Charlie, our little Stan Lee, yes. our big 60-pound Stan Lee, yes. uh, we'll, uh, you'll hear her bark at some point during this episode. And all we want you to do is email us at MGU podcast23 at gmail.com and let us know the timestamp of when you hear that bark and you're eligible to win one of our fabulous prizes. Do we still have all the stuff available right now? We do. The pint glasses have been insanely popular. Yes. So we've been hanging in there. It's a bunch of drunks that want to drink from it. Well, it is a... It's a pandemic. It is. That's true. Give people a break. I will. I will. Um, Yeah. No, we, so we still have pint glasses. And so we've been hanging on with this one more coffee mug that we still have. Mm -hmm. And then we have three totes. Okay. The totes are not, we've only ever had one person want a tote. The totes are so great though. They have a zipper. They are. They're really nice. They're white. So if you're a messy, dirty Yes. Disaster of a person like me. Right. A white tote would not look very attractive right. for very long, but But they are nice. Nick actually posed with a tote bag. Yes. Nick and... is not a messy disaster of a person. No. I don't know him that well, but the time I spent with him, he seems very neat. He also lives with a very tidy person. Yes, that would be your daughter. Yes. Yeah. Whose birthday is today? Happy birthday, Hannah. Shout out to Hannah. By the time this comes out, it won't be your birthday anymore. Well, but it's her birthday. It's right her now. birthday today. So happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday. Uh, so, oh, you were going to say? Well, no, I was just going to say so, yes. So we have pint glasses, we have a coffee mug. It's mm-hmm. the last one, sure to become a collector's item. <laughs> and then we have totes. Perfect. Yes. So we'll get, to, hopefully, you will hear the bark at some time during this episode and let us know. But for right now, let's go to the mailbag. Sean asks, if one of the Avenger actors had to be replaced, which one would you replace and what actor would you replace them with? Mm-hmm. Do you have an answer for that? I do. I want to hear it. Okay. Uh, my choice for replacement is Paul Rudd. Oh. It, it's not because I don't think he's wonderful. It's just because I wanted an excuse to insert Ryan Gosling into one of the movies. And <laughs> okay. this was the best place I could think of for him. That makes sense. Ant-Man, I can Ant-Man that. was the best place I could think of for him. Yeah. It had I, nothing I to do that. with anything except wanting Ryan Gosling to be in one of the movies. So some eye candy. Yeah, just, yep. Mm-hmm. I get it. Yes, that's that, it. Okay. How about you? <laughs> <laughs> that's a really great answer, actually. <laughs> uh, I had a really kind of tough time thinking about this one. Okay. Uh, one of the reasons I, I mentioned to you is because there may be a character in, in the universe that we haven't met yet. Oh, yes. So, um, but for right now. And I know the last thing you want to do is spoil anything. I don't want to spoil me. anything for mm-hmm. you, uh, although you could probably deduce from what I'm talking about. But anyway, uh, Hawkeye was the one I thought of. I think Jeremy Renner is a great actor, and I really enjoy him as Hawkeye. It's just that there's, I think everybody's 
pretty well cast in the roles, mm-hmm. honestly. So, well, at this point, it's hard to imagine anybody else doing it. Yeah, we've kind of grown to love them all, right? Yes. Jeremy Renner is just... He's, he's such a good actor. I just watched another movie with him um, called The Town with Ben, ben Affleck. Hmm. And he's so great in it. And I just enjoy him overall. Uh, he's He was in another uh, movie called Hurt Locker, which was nominated for an Academy Award several years ago. He's, he's just great. I are really you, Are you talking about how great he is? And yes. And just because you I feel bad that you're... I almost feel bad, feel, that I almost feel bad it, it, about it. Yeah, it I, seems... Hawkeye, it's like you're breaking up with him. I feel like And I'm you need up. to explain to him how it's it's not... It's not him. What if he listens to this and says, (laughs) why, what do you want to replace me? I think Paul Rudd would support my my choice. I think most people would. Ryan Gosling's amazing. Uh, He's a beautiful man. Uh, Anyway, Jeremy Renner, I would replace with Brad Pitt. Oh. Brad Pitt's, I think Brad Pitt's a really good actor as well. And he actually kind of looks like Jeremy Renner in a more handsome way. And I just think he would play the role wonderfully. So that's who I thought. Yeah, I can see that. I yeah. think I that's that's yeah. Why Brad did you have to justify it? I don't so much? know why I did. I have no idea why I it's did that. It's like you were actually firing him. I'm so sorry, Jeremy Renner. Jeremy. But anyway, Brad Pitt I think is also one of those actors that constantly surprises me. Hmm. He does so many things where I I think I'm not gonna really care, but then I watch something like Inglorious Bastards and I go, Holy cow, is he amazing or Twelve Monkeys. He's mm-hmm. such a good actor. So anyway. Were that's... you surprised when he got divorced from Angelina Jolie? No, because okay. it's Hollywood. Okay. How can he be surprised with what goes on there? That's another world. So anyway, let's go to the next question. All right. I'm not going to justify anything. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. St. Paul House, which is, you said your friend Sarah? Mm-hmm. So okay. That's Sarah. She says, what MCU character would you want to cosplay and why? Okay. Okay, I can start. Yeah, why don't you go first? I'm going to go very simple on this one. This is my Ryan Gosling answer. I don't like cosplay. I don't want to dress up. I, I think it's it's just not my thing. I'm Kudos to everybody who can do it. Awesome. But it's not my thing. So I will go with Tony Stark, literally Tony Stark and not Iron Man because he wears rock t-shirts and simple clothes. And I, that's how I dress. I'll just get my Black Sabbath t-shirt out, go to the thing and say, hey, I'm Tony Stark. Cool. Mm-hmm. That, You're fun. I don't claim you to be fun. You sound like a guy I would love to invite to a Halloween party. No, you wouldn't. You don't like <laughs> Halloween either. <laughs> no, I'm not. But you went first, so I get to I pick do. on you. I did. I did. Okay, And I tried to come up with, I mean, that that's an easy answer for someone who doesn't like to dress up. Right. So I gave it more thought than that. Yes. And thought that I would try not to cop out. Not that you were copping out. I totally copped out. I'll I'll cop to copping out. Mm -hmm. I think I would definitely want to be a villain. Okay. So I went with Hela. Yeah. Because Hela's Hela's awesome. That's an elaborate costume, too. Yeah. With the the antlers, I guess they were. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Skin tight outfit. Oh, I forgot about that part. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe the Hulk. Hulk. (laughs) Oh, my God. Just put green on and tear some pants and <laughs> go to it. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Tearing right. pants sounds easier. I like the hella idea, though. That's uh, an elaborate costume. It's cool. And it's It was more about her. And she's just she's amazing. Just amazing. And she's such a badass. So yeah. I'm going with Hella. But right. I will not be doing any cosplay in this life. Yes. Me neither. That's why we're together. I can't speak to any future or previous lives. But in this life. No cosplay for Gina and Michael. If you are a cosplayer, hey, Good cool. for you. But And they get elaborate, too. Cosplayers get elaborate, and it's amazing. Yeah. How could anyone nerd out with such a specific hobby, Michael? 
<laughs> How dare you? Oh. I'm sorry. Did I strike a nerve? No, I'm fine. Okay. Okay. Should we go to the next question? Yeah. Now, speaking of elaborate, this is going to be a little bit more than what we've just talked about. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, next question. JC asks, coming out of Black Panther, how do you suggest representation be fixed in the MCU? Black Panther was awesome and did so many right things, but also it is just the one movie. We won't have a female-led movie until Captain Marvel. What about LGBTQ? What about indigenous? Does it start with the creators? Are we allowed to have new white heroes? There's a lot of questions there. Obviously, we can't. this could probably be a whole episode. So yes. uh, we'll, we'll have to give the it's quick and dirty question, version. Though. It's a great question that I meant to have for the last episode. It would, then our episode would have been 90 minutes long. So anyway, <laughs> we'll, we'll try to answer it now. So how, what can Marvel do to maybe right. address representation better? Right. Well, and I think... It was so refreshing to see Black Panther, mm-hmm. and it's it's been so refreshing to see more female superheroes and, and just characters in general. Uh, but I think it's going to have to definitely be intentional, and it's going to need to start with representation in the in the producers and the writers mm-hmm. and the, the casting. I mean, it's the staff before we even get to them. It's kind of like Joe Biden right now is setting up. He's setting up his presidency, and he's trying to pick. He's choosing people who represent the people of this country and what they look like and who they are. And that's that's what it needs to be. It needs to be an accurate representation of the demographic of the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's that's where I think it needs to start. So can we have another white superhero? Well, I guess, but we sure have had a lot. So maybe Mm -hmm. we could have some other ones for a while. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a top down decision. It's got to come from Disney down to Marvel. It's got, I mean, they have to start there. But I think what I'm saying is to have to have it be authentic, to look mm-hmm. to make it look like authentic representation. Let's not give our version of what a queer person's experience might be. Right. Let's make sure we have a good representation of queer identifying people who are helping make the decisions. Mm-hmm. Every you know every Absolutely. single one. That's that's what I'm. I think one thing that I mean, Marvel is doing better. In the movies. There is yes. more representation in the movies as we're going along. Black Panther was a beautiful thing. But what Black Panther uh, that maybe sets it apart in the way they approached it is that Ryan Coogler, the director and the writer of Black Panther, said basically said, I'm going to do this on my own. I want, to, I want my own people for this. I want mm-hmm. this specifically. And he was allowed to make the movie that he wanted to make. Right. There needs to be more of that. And I think Marvel, one thing they are doing is... One thing we talked about was with the directors. The directors are a lot of more indie directors coming in and making these big budget movies. Ryan right. Coogler before that had made Creed Two and, or excuse me, Creed and Fruitvale Station, and I think that's it. Smaller movies, right? And Marvel's letting these directors come in and do that. Yeah, they've set a precedent that they're willing to do it. So right. they just they need to follow through, and they need to, you know, it needs to be at the forefront of everyone's mind all yeah. the time. Yeah, and th- like you said, they need to have the representation at all levels, not just in the movie, but the people that are making the movies, yes. the ones who are producing, the ones who are writing the movies. That has to be done. We do, we've do. we heard uh, there's going to be more Asian representation coming up with Shang-Chi. Right. And, and I'm excited to see how that goes. Yes. That's very important. And uh, we're going to have a, you know another Black Panther movie. How's that going to be done now? Right. It's going to be very different. Yeah, because the last thing we need is a white person's, a, a white male's uh, idea and representation of how he thinks yeah. it might be for someone else. Because we've been, th- that's, 
that's the systemic problem that we've had yeah. throughout entertainment for how many years. Yeah. So I think there's also a concern maybe with the higher ups, right? Where, where they worry about what if the movie underperforms because of whatever reason, because Black Panther obviously did not underperform. There's a Hollywood problem. There is, there absolutely is. But there's also the idea of something like say Wonder Woman, which is not a Marvel movie, but it's a DC movie. But Wonder Woman was a huge hit and it was a female superhero movie and the director, Patty Jenkins, who before that had directed Monster, which was a, a, a little indie movie. So it, it obviously there, it can be done. I think the more it gets out there, the more, the more it's allowed to happen. I mean, it's just, it's going to, it needs to become the norm, I right. think, instead of the exception. It's like, oh, look, this is the first time this is happening. We need to get past this. This is the first time. This is the first LGBTQ superhero. This is the first Asian superhero. I mean, we, it's great that's happening, but it needs to start just being the norm. Well, right, but but to get there again, I think it's like that book I'm reading, Blind Spot, that talks about bias, right? right? And and so we just these things have been the way they've been for so long that we all mm-hmm. have that bias. Even Absolutely. They, they, it's proven that even people of color have a bias toward mm-hmm. non, you know, towards white people, basically in certain jobs and in certain, you know, other circumstances, mm-hmm. just because that's what's drilled into our heads by the media and right. commercials and everything our whole lives. So it's, it just always has to be, put to the front and then reminded, oh, yeah, it's still at the front. Right. Okay, wait, how can we do this? And the only way to truly do that, again, I think is to have just have the staff represent what you're trying to do. Yeah. The staff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It's, I mean, staff is not the yeah. right word there, but. I mean, there's not any easy answers. I mean, obviously, we're not going to solve anything today. Um, we're not? No, unfortunately. JC had high hopes I for know. Us. Sorry, JC. But there's a lot of things that Maybe aren't... he doesn't have high hopes for us. I, no. I mean, he's known you for a long time. What Ooh. does that mean? That... <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. That was. Anyway, that's the mailbag. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yes. Okay, so you don't have to do a story for this. Yay! Still feeling good about that decision. So I'm still so grateful. Feel like you just you look like a freer, breezier. I still have that better. feeling like that Sunday night. You know, school starts the next day yeah. again for the week. I get that feeling mm-hmm. when you say I'm I'm working on fun facts because I right. think oh no that yeah. means I have to and then I go. Yeah. You don't have to do anything oh, for this. right. I don't have to do anything at you all. You literally don't have to do anything anymore but show up. Mm-hmm. Well, that seems unfair. I now love it. Now that I'm it. thinking about it. I love it. <laughs> that's okay. So anyway, let's look at I've the... I've done my time, man. <laughs> you really have. That was mm-hmm. a lot of work. Uh, let's look at the poster real quick. Sure. Um, so any first impressions of the poster when you look at it? First of all, it's very kind of retro. I think it's very cool looking. It is very retro looking. It's pretty cool. I like the color scheme on it. Well, I, t- I tend to notice the new people and Michelle Pfeiffer jumped out at me. Right. Plus the one, the poster I have is not, this is very pixelated, so. Oh, sorry about that. I don't think it's your fault. No, it might be. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the blame. So if you look, though, I mean, you, you can actually see that uh, the wasp, uh, played by Evangeline Lilly, she is actually more prominent in the poster than Ant-Man. She's kind of up top. She is up top. Right. Which is interesting. Yes. And you see some of the other minor characters there. But who's the villain, if you look? Who is the villain? The villain. It's hard to tell, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Well, that's this isn't the first poster that's been that way. No. But yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think in a movie that has a major star as the villain, they want to make sure that they get that out there. Like you saw Hela. Right. In the Thor poster, right? Right. So uh, maybe in this one, it's the... Well, it's got to be Michelle Pfeiffer because that's usually could be. how it goes. It the very big, well could be. The big star who is making suddenly making an appearance is usually the villain. You might be right. Uh, anything you're looking forward to in this movie? Well, Paul Rudd is always He's delightful. He's so delightful. He is. The delightful Paul Rudd. That should be... His the every time you talk about him, it should be the delightful Paul Rudd. I think honestly, that's the biggest thing is I know that this is going to be an enjoyable movie. Yeah, just because I mean, I'm sure he's been in some real turds, but he oh he, well, he's made a lot of movies. I, we've talked about he made Halloween Six. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so I mean, I'm sure he's very proud of it, but you got to start mm. somewhere. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I expect more from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I believe that this is going to be an enjoyable movie. I hope you are correct. So, so I'm looking forward to that. Let's go watch that movie. Let's do it. All right, so we're going to watch Ant-Man and the Wasp, starring Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Michael Douglas, Michael Pena, Walton Goggins, Michelle Pfeiffer, Judy Greer, Lawrence Fishburne, and Hannah John Carn, and directed by Peyton Reed. Should right. we do it? Let's do it. All right. We are back from watching Ant-Man and the Wasp. We are back. And uh, quite a different tone yeah, complete, from completely. Avengers Infinity War. Yes. I, I'd say a much needed kind of rest from the darkness that was Infinity War. I didn't need the rest. No, you wanted the end game. I'm sorry. You're right. You wanted the end game. Didn't need the rest. No, no. Uh, I'll take the rest, but I didn't need it. You didn't need it. You didn't need it. But so uh, what we're going to do, like we usually do before we get into our big discussion, is we're going to do our 24-word synopsis. Yes. Should we call it the Sean Dillon 24-word synopsis just to give the man some credit? The Sean Dillon synopsis. Yeah. So uh, do you want me to start with this one? Yeah. Why don't you start this time? Okay. Because, I mean, it's it'll be quick. Here we go. Well, it's always quick. It's so but, quick. But I don't think you've ever started. I probably haven't. I'd have to listen back to the tapes, which we have tapes, of course. All right, here we go. The cassette tapes? Or the, the cassette The reel-to-reel or the tapes. Eight, the eight millimeter? Oh, are they eight millimeters? No, eight millimeter is a video That thing, seems very it? small for tape. I'm not very techie. Eight what? track? Well, eight tracks. Ooh, eight, eight track. I mean, we couldn't record on eight tracks, though. Anywho... We're going Why don't down you read hole. your synopsis? Okay. Scott's on house arrest. Hank and Hope need him to help find Janet. Ghost is dying, but not anymore, thanks to Janet being found. Wow. Ours That's... are weirdly similar. Oh, is it really? Okay. Like, were you looking over my shoulder? No, I didn't at all. Well, I, no, I can't wait to hear yours. You ready? I'm so ready. Scott on house arrest. <laughs> Ant-Man retired. Kidding. Must find help. Hope's mom in quantum realm, but ghost needs help. Never mind. Janet back. All well. Yeah, it's pretty similar. It's pretty close. You were totally looking over my shoulder. I was cheating on your paper. (laughs) Cheating off your paper? It would be off your paper. Yeah. Very similar, but... I mean, let's face it, this wasn't a real complex movie other than the act- the science, the, all the terms being tossed around. That was yeah. just like, wait a second, what's happening? Well, cool, whatever. Both of our, our poems kind of sucked. 
How dare you? How dare you? Okay, I thought just mine, my poem sucked. Thank you. Mine was a solid B. Mm-hmm. I thought yours was very good as well. What are you going to do in 24 words? What, what, are, you, feel, what, what are the expectations I feel like this is, well, well, I the expectation is that you're going to somehow boil down and summarize the movie, and I feel like I've nailed it a few times. You don't think you nailed it this no. time? No. Hmm. But this seems like the simplest movie that we've seen, really. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. All right. Let's just move on. Let's move on. We've got other poems in the future that we can sure. we can sit there and pick apart a little bit. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's, okay. Hey, let's go to the fun facts. Hey, Michael. Hey, Gina. Do you have any facts that I, are kind of fun? I have several facts that I would call... At least moderately fun. Oh, good. Let's hear them. Okay, here we go. Ant-Man and the Wasp was released on July 6, 2018, and was written by Chris McKenna, Eric Summers, Paul Rudd, Andrew Barr, and Gabriel Ferrari, and directed once again by Peyton Reed. Opening weekend, the movie made $75.8 million. Domestically, it made $216.6 million and worldwide $622.7 million, which was number 18 in the MCU and number 153 all time. It had a reported budget of $162 million. So hmm. by most standards, a mega hit. By Marvel standards, not so much. It's, it's, kind of, it's way down in the list. Yes, and I I would venture to guess that it's probably higher than it would have been had it been placed in another portion of the MCU, but it's it was possible. coming right off of that huge blockbuster. Yeah. yeah. So okay. And I don't know if Ant Man is not really considered one of the major heroes of the Marvel world. I guess it just to me, and maybe it's because we're watching them in order. But to me, if you're in, you're in. Right. Like if you've come this far, why would you skip a movie? That's true. But I think one of these with well, I'd say this with Ant Man and maybe some of these other movies. This is a movie that most people probably saw it if they if they did see it at all, they saw it once. Whereas the other ones like Black Panther and the Avengers movies probably were seen several times by people. Those of you who watch movies over and over and over and over. I don't know what you're talking no. about. Totally. No. Anyway. Okay. What else you got? Okay. Reviews. Received an 87% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Audiences gave the film. An A. Minus. Ooh. A little lower than usual. Ooh. Critics praised the light, breezy, and humorous tone of the movie, calling it a good palate cleanser after the heaviness of Infinity War. Of course, everyone loves Paul Rudd, but there was also praise for Evangeline Lilly and the rest of the supporting cast, which makes sense because the supporting cast in this is pretty good. Yes. The Wasp, also known as Janet Van Dyne, portrayed by Michelle Pfeiffer in the film, first appeared in Tales to Astonish number 44 as Hank Pym's partner. Janet became the Wasp to avenge the death of her father, scientist Vernon Van Dyne, who was killed by an alien entity that was unleashed during one of his experiments. Eventually, Ant-Man and the Wasp teamed up to defeat the alien entity. And then Hank and Janet did get together, and there was a lot of other stuff, some involving domestic abuse that I didn't get into too much. I think I touched on it maybe in the fun facts for Ant-Man, but it was kind of weird. Mm, Yeah. So we moved on. Ew. Yeah, Hank Pym turns out is kind of an a-hole. So Mm. anyway... In the comics, Wasp is one of the founding members of the Avengers and one of the longest-serving members. She actually came up with the team name and, besides Captain America, acted as the leader of the team longer than anyone else. 
She was seen as the weak link of the team for a long time, but eventually she became one of its most brilliant and cunning members. Hmm. So I wonder why that is, you know? Like the wasp was seen as weak maybe because she's just flying around and turns small. I, I don't really know. Well, and they, she hasn't had a very primary role in the MCU. No, not and really. It's been very minimal. So yeah. that's interesting. They didn't follow that at all from the comics. Yeah. Hmm. Evangeline okay. Lilly actually wanted Michelle Pfeiffer to play Janet Van Dyne. Sharon Stone was also considered for the part. Michael Douglas lobbied for his wife, Catherine Zeta-Jones, to play the role, which begs the question, what in the hell happened to Catherine Zeta-Jones? <laughs> Where yeah. did she go? Didn't she... Didn't she go to Broadway or something? I have no idea. She did Chicago, the the musical, like the movie right. musical, right? That's and then I, th- I don't maybe know. that's what's making me think that, or she just, yeah. I don't know what happened. Yeah, because she was huge for a while. Yeah, maybe she's done stuff that I don't know. Maybe it's just not big movies. I have no idea. I didn't look up her. Maybe she just decided to take a hiatus. I don't know. This is only the second time the lead antagonist in an MCU movie has been female, with Hela being the first in Thor Ragnarok. However, in the comics, Ghost is male. In the comics, Ant-Man and Ghost never actually cross paths. Ghost is more of an antagonist to Iron Man. In the comics, Ghost's powers come from the suit rather than the quantum realm. Another second-time thing, the Wasp is the second MCU character to have a title passed from parent to child. The first, Black Panther. Mm-hmm. So lots of stuff there. Yes. Okay. Yep. Director Peyton Reed used Captain America Civil War as a launching point for this movie. Reed saw the movie and thought Hank Pym is going to be so pissed and Hope is going to feel betrayed, which set the tone for the starting dynamic between the characters in this movie. Mm-hmm. And those are the fun facts. Let's talk Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Okay, so... Basically, this movie, it's its a pretty straightforward movie as far as the plot goes. I think, I, I don't know, I, I found myself getting a little bit lost in all the science and the jargon and stuff that they were talking about. Yes, <laughs> I would agree with that. I think they tried to make it so we'd understand it, and I didn't feel like I did, but I just kind of went, okay. I just nodded and went, sure, cool. Well, I almost felt like they they were making it so we didn't understand, so we could just say... Oh, whatever. And just go with it. Yeah. Maybe that was it. Because there were, I mean, if you started to go down that rabbit hole, there were several things in here where you could say, wait a minute. Yeah, there was that. Come on. (laughs) There was a lot of that with it. I mean, that's really any movie in the MCU, though, really. But in this one, I think it was a little bit more, maybe, I don't know, did they cut corners a little bit with the explanations and just like, you know, just accept it. We're going to move on. You could call it cutting corners or taking liberties. Taking liberties. That might be the better phrase for that. I I think that's a better phrase. Anyway. That's all right. So basically what happens is Scott is at home on house arrest because of what happened in Captain America Civil War where he's in Germany. So he can't leave the house. He violated the Sokovia Accords. He violated the Sokovia Accords. And uh, Hank and Hope believe that the mother's still alive. They're getting some kind of signal that she's alive. And Ant-Man or Scott has been getting some signals from his time in the realm. All this stuff. And then they go in and they get get her. And I'm not... That, that's no, he a, hasn't really been getting signals. He just gets the one say. when he's in the tub. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He's just yeah. basically going crazy on house arrest, waiting to right. do his time and playing with his daughter. Right. Hanging out, being silly, being Paul Rudd. Right. And then he has that dream. He thinks it's a dream in the tub. 
That's right. And yeah. You, you explained it much better. Am I, am I revealing <laughs> You know, you're doing it much better than I did. I'm trying to explain it and realizing, I don't know if I can explain it. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I just explained it. You explained it much better. Okay, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they ended up, they end up finding her, essentially. They go into the quantum realm, they pull out Janet, the mother, and... They, they pull out Janet. I mean, I don't know what else. Well, they... first there's a dis- there there are distractions. Yes. Well, there's ghost. There's ghost, and right. there's that other ghost is the antagonist, but not really an antagonist. It's sort of an antagonist, but then we find out oh she's not really bad. She's in severe pain and she's about to die, and she's trying to uh, work with Bill Foster, who's played by Lawrence Fishburne, to basically not die. Right. She's one antagonist, but then we have that other southern. Oh, Sonny Birch. Yes. Yes, played by Walton Goggins from the amazing show Justified. He's the best. He plays Boyd Crowder in Justified. Put I haven't seen Justified, but I think I've seen ads for it so much yeah. that he looks he looked familiar to me. Yeah. And that's why. Yeah. Even though I haven't seen it. So there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. Anyway, okay. in the end, everything's fine. And then we get to the fu- end credits and Thanos strikes and takes out all of the... Hank Pym, Van Dyne family. Yes. Meanwhile, it brought us back to where we were. Right. So, and Scott stuck in the quantum realm mm-hmm. when that happens. So that's where it. Ha- that's where we're at. Right. Right. Okay. So let's talk MVP for this movie. Mm-hmm. Do you have one? Yes. I, I know who it is. I'm sure of it, but I'm just want to hear it from your mouth. You're kind of getting off on the whole. I can predict everything, Gina's. Thinking. I just have a feeling about this one because there's characters. You, you have a certain character that I think you like, uh, and I think this is. If I'm right on this one, okay. And who it, is it, it's Luis. <laughs> it makes me just want to pick a different one. <laughs> <laughs> you think you're so smart? No, you think I, you, you know me? I, I can tell by your reactions. And you do know me. I do, but you Luis. Do. It makes it sense. It's totally him. Yeah. And what was it about Luis? Well, why don't you tell me, Michael? Well, I just think you got. <laughs> Big laughs from him. Well, he's he's just he's a great character because yeah. he's got the comic relief, but he's also he's he's the right hand man. He was yeah. he was there when he needed him, and he yeah. I, I love it that they brought back the thing where he does the fast talking, where he's explaining exactly how they got to where they are. Yeah, well, that's him. That <laughs> yeah. that was the essence of yeah, his, they, his character. Yeah, so. they did it the first one, and then this yes. one. I just love that they brought it back. Yes. It was so great. It so, was good. Yeah, that makes sense. So, how about you? I, well, I would go with Luis too, but okay. that's not fair. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go with somebody different because... Was, you don't have to. Last no, time we had I'll, the same one as well, I think. We had Thor, didn't we, for mm-hmm. Infinity War. Okay, Sometimes well, there's a clear MVP. It's th- not about... That's true. Luis yeah. is the clear MVP. I would say also just as co-MVPs, I would say his uh, his his buddies, the the, guy, the other posse. people at XCON mm-hmm. uh, security. Those right. two are great. I but, mean, but they have super minimal roles. They do, so. but their roles are great. Yes. They're very funny. So the comic relief in that that they provide is fantastic. Good, so I would say they team. are the MVPs. Yes. Uh, the, the supporting cast for the most part is very good. Yes. Even, even uh, uh, Scott's ex-wife and her husband, right. their little roles are very funny. They are. And the, I love that the, the husband is now just, just loves Scott. Yeah. It's so The big great. hug, the big yeah. family hug. <laughs> it's true. Actually, there's a lot more balance between characters in this than in some of the other movies we've seen where it yeah. was so significantly the lead. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The one I thought you might, if it wasn't going to be Luis, I thought the person you might give the MVP was his daughter, Cassie. Oh, well, she was she, adorable. She was so adorable. Yeah, and then that stupid kid way. She's like a smart kid, and she's pretty cool, funny. Yeah, she was. Yeah, yeah. In a way, I think they made her kind of like Scott 
which I thought was yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, thought, she was adorable. Yeah. I loved her. Because sometimes that child actor thing is like, oh, no. But I think they've done a good job with that. And you think of Iron Man 3 where they had the kid in that one. Right, and it was right. very good. And this one was good, too. Her, But see, her role just seemed too insignificant to me to be picked as an MVP. Makes sense. I mean, I still think it needs to be someone who's kind of a key base right. to the movie. Yeah, I so. agree with you. Anyway. All right. Well, let's talk about what we liked about the movie. Sure. What did you like, Gina? So I liked, I, I very, I mean, I love Paul Rudd. Yeah. And so, you know, everything from the, the start, the light start we had where he's playing with his daughter and trying to, you know, and they're, they've basically, he's recreated a little, um, I don't know, a crime that they need to solve yeah, yeah. It, as a fort and they're crawling through his it's house adorable. and it's adorable. It's just adorable. So he's amazing. I just think he's fantastic. The special effects I want to talk about because, Mm -hmm. I mean, we talk about the special effects all the time, but one of my favorite things in this movie, and it started out where we had the matchbox cars Mm -hmm. that were switched into being full size, but then they they really went with that and other things were shrinking and getting big and just the contrast of it against the San Francisco city and in the, in the Bay. And I just, Oh, I loved it. The car chases were so great. Cause you you think about some of the car, the, the really great car chases and in movies, a lot of them take place in San Francisco. Like think of dirty, hairy movies or or bullet or anything like that because of all the Hills that you you always get the scene where the car is flying up over the hill. And we got that scene with the little mini matchbox car and the big car. And so I just, I want to always remember not to take special effects for granted because they're so amazing in these movies. All you have to do is pick up a movie from 10, 15, 20 years ago. And you realize, wow, it's, we are seeing something that looks so real. Some of them are really, that could never happen. Yeah. I I like the special effects and the the parts I really liked, not only the car chases, but I like the, there's that scene kind of in the beginning where the wasp is um, avoiding knives being flown at at her. And the way they did that was really cool. And also the giant Pez dispenser was fantastic that was amazing so, yeah. yeah then in that knife scene when she she's her feet she's actually sort of running yes. running past it oh it's past really cool the blade really cool so cool so i i very much uh loved the special effects well and oh yeah one more just along those lines because i'm looking at my notes when he when paul rudd was um the suit was faltering a little and mm-hmm. he wasn't tiny but he was just small yes was like kid size oh that was so great oh so fun. Yeah. Anyway, this is just one little separate thing that I want to say. And it's just that I was so happy to see Stan Lee because I because re- I know he was no longer alive when this movie came out. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if he was alive for much of the filming of it, honestly. I doubt it. Based on the timing. And so I was fully expecting not to see him. I forgot, honestly, that he had an appearance in this one. There was something Michael Douglas did that reminded he I think he put on a hat or he did something that reminded me of a Stan Lee cameo moment in the movie. Yeah, yeah. And that made me think of it. And then I was like, oh, that's right. We're not going to see him. And so I was I was extra happy when yeah. he popped up. It just made me happy. Definitely. I don't know. Seeing him. I don't know if the Charlie Bark is important to everybody as seeing Stan Lee has become to me. Yeah. But uh, it's kind of reassuring to see Stan Lee. It's just, yeah, I've I've come to expect it. Um, Okay, Luis, we already talked about, Mm -hmm. but he was amazing. And 
you already said it, but the, I had this on my list when he got the truth serum. Yes. And then he went into his story where he went on and on and it took all those little rabbit holes. Ah, loved it. It's so good. That was so great. So, oh, and then Ghost, um, the mm-hmm. special effects with Ghost. Yeah, that were was really neat. cool. I wasn't in love with that character, but mm-hmm. the special effects were that was a new kind of thing yeah. for us. Yeah. So I really, really liked being able that. to go through through things and like just the fact that you'd just be standing there and be shaking like the blur. Like she was a blur. Right. She was literally in and out of physical reality. Yeah. It was, oof, yeah. It was wild. So all right, tell me some things you like. Okay. Uh well obviously Paul Rudd. I mean that that's every movie. I mean, Halloween six, I like Paul Rudd, you know, that's just the I'm not way. Gonna, don't make me watch that. I would never Thank you. Do that, maybe. No, I would never do that to you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I like the wasp. I, I think the wasp is a great character. I yes. think Evangeline Lilly is great. I, I like that she had so much more to do in this movie. Yeah. Obviously she should because I forgot to even talk about her. That's okay. I agree. That's why I'm here to take up the feminist role. Is that why you're here? No. Okay. Uh, probably not. No, but she's, I like that she had a lot to do, not only just because she's obviously part of the billing in this movie, but they gave her a ton to do. She's smart. She, she's a, she fights. She's just great. Yes. So, and her character's solid. And I like the fact that it wasn't just this automatic romance when they got back together. They actually had to work towards something. Oof. I like. Yeah. I was worried about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was cool with that. So they, they did that pretty well, the romantic part. It wasn't forced down our throats at all. Mm-hmm. So that was that was cool with me. Uh, I do like Mike, Michael Douglas in, as Hank Pym. I, he's a good actor, and I just think he just grounds the story. And uh, he's, he's an interesting character. Mm-hmm. Really, the cast in general is very good. Yes. Uh, uh, I wish... Well, we'll talk about what I, I some of the weaknesses maybe of the movie. But even seeing Lawrence Fishburne's, I was reassuring. I wanted a little bit more with him. But he's, a, he's just... a cool actor i thought that was a little bit of an odd role for him but yeah, yeah. I mean, he's amazing obviously yeah, but just, i just wasn't quite sure about that role yeah for him. i get that yeah the cast all around was very good you've already mentioned the special effects they're just fantastic as we expect from marvel movies but the one thing and this ties into it i like this is what again a nice self-contained small scale movie it just did its own thing it does allude to the rest of the universe talking about cap you know, Captain America right. doing those little things. There, it's it's part of the bigger world, but I like that this is its own thing. It doesn't really start building onto the rest of the world until the very last, the cut scene, or the, excuse me, the credit scene, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, Thanos snapped his fingers. So, because we didn't really know when this took place until the end of the, the end credit scene, right? Yes. So I like that. I like the self-contained stories okay. a lot, um, especially right. when we have all the other stuff going on. So... Those are the things I liked. It's, mm-hmm. it's not that mm-hmm. many, but it's honestly, it doesn't, I mean, this isn't a really complex story to me. <laughs> so no. yeah, no. Let's, let's get into some of the things maybe we didn't like as much. Well, I'll, I'll start because one of the things you liked was one of the things that I didn't really like this time. I'm with you on some of the other ones that are self-contained stories. Mm-hmm. I, I've enjoyed those, but I think, and again, maybe it's, I'm still hung over from Infinity Wars, but at this point in the MCU, it was a little annoying to me. Like, mm, okay, okay, now I've got to sit through this. Oh. Now I got to go do this whole thing when there's really big things happening. So it's your impatience. 
is what you didn't like about this movie. Hmm. I guess <laughs> no, that's no, I, one I, I way it. to interpret what I said. <laughs> is it, would you say it's maybe kind of a letdown after seeing Infinity War? Is this maybe a little bit... I mean, letdown might be a little strong. Mm-hmm. I would just say that it felt it felt a little more distracting okay. for me because now I'm so invested in what's going to happen. That makes sense. So I get it. That's, I mean, not a huge deal. I still en- I enjoyed the movie. I knew what it was going to be. Sure. But it just, it, this time it felt a little more, oh, come on. Okay. Come on. That makes sense. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's see. Do you want to start with uh, what you didn't like? Yeah. Or? Yeah. I think the biggest thing about this movie that I didn't like was the villain. And I think it's because there really wasn't a villain. I want an antagonist. And Ghost, yes, Ghost is an antagonist in a way. And there's something interesting about her character as far as the fact that she is just trying to live that's her thing is she's got a pretty tragic background uh she saw her parents die her parents her father was trying to do an experiment and she went back in to basically check on her father they end up dying the her the, the father and the mother and here she is in this really bad place i want it more of ghosts flushed out maybe a little bit i don't know maybe or maybe i wanted a bigger antagonist maybe she's a pawn or some sort because she mentioned that shield was using her is there Mm -hmm. something else that could have been done was there maybe somebody else bigger in play i i agree with you completely i also had that on my list villain meh was what i wrote yeah but i think that there was a villain and the, the true villain was supposed to be Birch, and it's just not a good villain. Yeah. And I think we could have almost eliminated that storyline entirely and mm-hmm. just fleshed out a little bit more of the backstory yes. with Ghost, and that would have been way better. I think that would have been fine. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I was okay. I will say I was okay with Birch um, as far as it being there. But like you said, I think... Maybe it wasn't necessary. I don't know. It's I d- I d- I, maybe because I like I have a, a soft spot for Walton Goggins, and I'll watch him do anything because oh. I think he's such a good actor. Oh, yeah. yeah that's me. Yeah, I, I thought that was by far the weakest part of the movie. Okay, was yeah. that character? Okay, interesting. Yeah, I, I or wish... that that's that storyline. That storyline necessarily the character. Yeah, that makes sense. I I think like I said, I, yeah, maybe if there there was something bigger behind Ghost, like that was forcing Ghost to do all these bad things. And maybe that's where her pain comes from, not only having to live like the way she's living, but also the fact that she's had to do all these things in the past, which obviously bothered her. Right. Uh, well, so. and that's, again, what makes a good, complex villain right. is that we feel for them or yeah. we see their point or, you know, whatever it is. But then, yeah. but yet they're still, they're causing trouble and, yep. you know, threatening our hero. Yeah. So that was my biggest complaint yeah. you know, i mean that's always a big thing with me on my checklist is how's the villain right you know maybe and, you've trained me in that because i definitely wrote down villain yeah, uh. yeah and, and it's that she's not the villain she's really not and like you said birch it, it was it, it, i'm okay with a subplot but it wasn't it didn't necessarily help the story at all well they were almost competing villains yeah and we've had a little bit of that, I guess, in some other movies, but it just, yeah, I didn't, yeah. I think we should have, and especially after hearing you say, yeah, we wanted more of her story. Yeah. Get yeah. rid of him. In my rewrite, I'm going to get rid of him <laughs> and I'm going to do more with her character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so that was honestly the biggest thing. I was pretty okay with the rest of the movie. There's nothing glaring that that just stands out where that I hate. Um, 
it's a solid movie that I enjoy. I don't take it too seriously because you can't. The mm-hmm. uh, the humor worked for me. Uh, I thought most for the most part it was funny, and everybody's a very charming actor uh, in the movie. So that but that that lack of a, a really true evil villain, it definitely hurts the movie mm-hmm. overall. So that's my big complaint. Okay. That's about it. Okay. Yeah. What else do you got? <laughs> uh, let's see. So I I don't have anything else huge. Uh, one other thing that bothered me was the scene where, I think it was that first scene where we had Wasp. See, I think of Hope as the Wasp. Yeah, yeah. Even though her mom is the Wasp. Well, I mean, Hope is the Wasp. Hope is got, the it wasp. got passed down, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. when Hope goes in and she's trying to secure whatever they were trying to get from Birch, mm-hmm. and she ends up having to fight. Yes. And that's the first scene when Ghost is introduced, and, and she's starting to struggle, and Ant-Man says, I have to go in and help her. It, it just felt very um, misogynistic. Oh, uh, oh, okay. oh, he's got to come in and save the day. Couldn't we just have the one scene where she could have kicked ass all by herself? Oh, I got you. That just, I, I, it just yeah. bothered me a little bit. Um, okay, I get you that. Know, I get but that. But then in the context of the whole movie, I felt like her role was certainly equally important to his. She saved him. Yes. You know, so, so that stuff was great, but I just, maybe I'm sensitive to this as a woman, but I just, it, it just seemed a little, okay, I got to go in and help her. And it's like, oh, come on. Well, I will say just for, for myself, that's something that I'm glad that you point out because it's not something as a white male that I necessarily notice because that makes total sense to me when you say that. That should bother you, you know? And I, I think the way I, I think of something like that is, well, first of all, I probably didn't think about it. It was just like, oh, it's, well, the movie's Ant-Man and the Wasp. They're, they're a team. They're going to go do something. And we haven't seen Paul Rudd as Ant-Man yet. That's in my brain. But that makes total sense. Let's, yeah, let's watch the Wasp do her thing. Yeah. And if we want to build up the team, great. But then let's have him go in and have her go and help him. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of different ways we could do this. That, so. That's and, interesting. I and like that I'm actually glad that I'm even noticing it because I really believe my 23-year-old self wouldn't have even noticed that because that's yeah. just how it was so much. I wonder how many people would notice that, honestly. That's you know, even anybody. Well, we're looking at these movies a little more in depth, but mm-hmm. I know there are, there are myriad times when my I hear my daughters say things it makes me so happy the things that they don't want to tolerate and that they won't stand for mm-hmm. and that look like injustices to them that I literally would not have noticed when I was their age. That makes me feel hopeful yeah. for the future, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know if my, my girls would have noticed that in particular, but maybe if they were studying movies like mm-hmm. we are, because we're studying these movies. We're studying very closely. And we're obviously very concerned about the representation. That's a big, we are. That's a big thing. So anyway, so that was one thing that bothered me a little bit. And then there were a few lines. Mm-hmm. There were just a few scenes that felt clunky. And maybe clunky isn't even, maybe just poorly written or okay. poorly acted. Sure. One of them was when Hope is thinking about reconnecting with her mom, and I believe she's speaking to Scott, to Ant-Man, to Paul Rudd, and she says, what if she's forgotten me? I mean, Mm. really? (laughs) Yeah, I guess. I don't know. You're an adult woman. And I, you know, that's something maybe a five-year-old would say about their, but that just seemed 
I don't know. Like, yeah. Your mom is in the quantum realm. What if her brain has melted? I mean, Are you saying that Hope made it all about her? It, <laughs> that wasn't what I was saying, but... <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> okay, but yeah, she was, she was traumatized that. with the loss of her mother as a child. Yeah. Fine, fine. I'm just saying it seemed like of all of the things to be concerned about when they found her What mom, is she going to look like? Is she going to be the same? Is there something else yeah, going, right? She literally survived in this place that we don't even know what it is. Right. If she survived that, I think she's going to remember you. <laughs> I think she, I think she's gonna. So that bothered me. Um, and also, I, I don't even remember who it was. If it was Birch or so, at some point when they're having this shootout, and he says, "No, not my turn of the century chandelier." Oh, that sounded like something from Scooby Doo. You know, you <laughs> hey you kids, yeah, hey you, no, not my turn of the century chandelier. Just felt so some clunky stuff. It just yeah. I got gotcha. you. Oh, I'm I'm not done. Oh, there's more. Mm-hmm. I'm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, maybe I am done. <laughs> I think I am done. You think you're done? Okay. There's really only one more thing uh, that I just had kind of a hard time with. I found it distracting, and it was Michelle Pfeiffer. Okay. She's great. I've always enjoyed her, but she looks so artificial to me now. She's had. Are, are we commenting on a woman's looks? I think she, well, I think she's had a lot of work done. She may have. And she's always been thin, but it was the very extreme, her her large upper lip in contrast with the severity of the rest of her features. And I think I was just, I mean, yes, I am commenting on her looks. I found them distractingly unnatural. Okay. I thought she looked pretty good. (laughs) Says the man on the podcast. I'm just saying. She looks great. Of course, she looks I don't amazing. Know, she's great. She looks pretty good. She's 60. She was 60 years old, and she is in Hollywood. And Hollywood sucks for older women. It's she's unfair. She's 62. Well, she's 62 now. And I did think of that too. I thought, you know what, Michael Douglas is just about old enough to be her dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How old is Michael Douglas? Yeah, isn't he? He's almost 80. Is he? I think so. Yeah, we have to look it up right now. But well, I think I am going to look it up. Right okay. Now. How old do you think he is? I think he's in his seventies, probably. I f- well, the thing is, is he I looked. In his 80s. I looked it up when I was watching the Comiskey Method because. Um, well, my, uh, Kirk Douglas just died recently. He was, he's one hundred. He was one hundred and fifty. Yeah, approximately. Uh, let's see, nineteen forty-four. Oh, well, so he's seventy-six. Oh, okay, so he's an old guy. He's seventy-six. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Anything yeah. else we want to cover for it? I, you know, I think we'd be just belaboring the point if we went on and on. I mean, it was it was fine. It was just a little fun, little yeah. jaunty little. Well, let's rank jig. this thing. Let's rank it. Okay. Okay. Uh, so for me, I was thinking about this movie in this way. I was thinking, did I like it better or worse than Ant Man? And how much either way? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how much better? How much worse? Mm-hmm. And I don't think I liked it as much as the first Ant Man. Honestly. Uh, I'm not saying it was a bad movie, but I don't think I liked it as much. But how much less? I would actually put it right below Thor. So I'm going to put this at number 16 mm-hmm. right now because um, it's definitely not as good as Ant-Man. And yeah, yeah, I think I like I like Thor better, but definitely liked. Sure. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good one. I think 16. Mm-hmm. And I think I am going to put it in a pretty similar place to where you did. 
um, because I believe I'm going to be, I had Iron Man 2 at 16 and mm-hmm. Thor at 17. And I think it's in between those two for me. It's just above Thor for me. Okay. So it's my new 17. So we both have a similar idea where, hey, we, we didn't, wait, wait, did we, did you put it above Thor? I put it right below Thor. I put it just above Thor, but okay. it's a couple notches below the original Ant-Man. Okay. Got mm-hmm. it. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I put it below Thor. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Well, so not one of our favorites, but not a bad movie by any means. Just not our favorite. It's fine. All right. So what do we have coming next, Gina? I believe it's Captain Marvel, which I am very excited to see. Yeah, Captain Marvel. We're going to see Brie Larson. Yes. um, And it's an interesting movie because, uh, heads up, it takes place in the 90s, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is kind of wild. But it's... Uh, oh, yeah. It takes place in the 90s. It does. It takes place in the 90s. So we'll see why, why it takes place then, what what's happening, mm. um, and what characters you're going to see mm. other than Captain Marvel. So um, mm. we'll be doing that next. The fact that it takes place in the 90s makes me even more excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly don't. I, I've seen Captain Marvel, I saw it one time. Remember so. when the 90s were just right now? Yeah, I do. Was, remember, remember when we were kids and people would say, "Oh, in the '60s," and it was like, "Oh my God, that yeah. seemed like forever ago." And now we're saying the '90s, which is mm-hmm. similarly far ago as how the '60s were then. Right. Do you know how I make myself feel old? Nirvana Nevermind came out in 1991. That's how I always make myself feel old, real fast. So, anyway, anything else we want to cover today? No, I think that'll do it. Okay. We should probably take our Geritol and. Head yeah, to bed. Yep, yep. Very, very tired. Got to take, take my pills. I do remember Geritol. I'll, what was the, I'm not even sure what it is. No, I. Well, isn't I don't know what Geritol is either. What is it? I, just old people vitamins. Yeah, probably. I anyway, don't know. we're well, let's just end this. We'll look Good into God. that afterwards. It's going too long. Okay. Okay. Thank you for joining us on this strange and wacky ride that is really the MCU. Is. Uh, yes. Oh, one more thing. Uh, we are on social media: Twitter, Facebook. Uh, and Instagram and that's it so uh, thank you for joining us on the MGU the Michael G. Dematic Universe I am Michael and I'm Gina we'll talk to you next time bye bye bye